Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. Good morning. I have the privilege of talking about heavenly encounters and visions in Acts. And in case you didn't gather from a couple of weeks ago when I spoke with Richard, I absolutely love Acts. It's one of my all-time favorite books in the Bible. Um, you know, like, if, if you love reading, you usually have fiction books that you can just pick up and open any chapter and just read it for a while, just for enjoyment. Acts is my Bible version of that. So if I, if I ever have some time to spare and I just fancy reading some Bible for fun, Acts is where I go to. Confessing to my geekiness here, but I do read Bible for fun, and that's how it was meant to be. So, it's not straight and it's bothering me. <laughs> Talking about the stand here. Things like that didn't used to bother me until I was married to David for a long time, and he's over the years. It, no, no, it's your good influence on me because I was happy to have pictures wonky on the wall and never, I never even noticed them. Um, but David is a man of detail and he does. And over the years, that has rubbed off onto me as well. So now, now I notice things like that. It's a bit wonky. So, where do we start? Acts is, is full of encounters. It's full of moments where God comes and meets with his people. And what I, as I've been reading through Acts time and time again over the last couple of months, what I've been drawn to is the, not the everyday God is speaking to me moments, but the moment, moments when God really breaks through in a vision, in a dream, through an angel, and brings direction to the church. And God, God loves to communicate with us. He loves to speak to each one of us every day. And you know, God, God created us with five senses. We, or you can argue there might be six, but we go with the traditional five. You got touch, you got feel, hearing, seeing, smelling. And God actually loves to meet with us in using all the senses. It's not just hearing or is not just seeing a picture. He actually uses all of our senses to communicate to us. And, but then, so that's not actually what I'm, I just want to touch on that because I just want to really, really just remind you all that he loves to talk to you. Um, but what, what I'm talking about today is not the kind of your daily communion with God that he meets with you and speaks to you. What I'm talking about today is moments where heaven breaks through and brings release to his people. And that's the kind of beauty of God communicating with us or talking to us. That it is both. It is the ordinary, everyday, Holy Spirit is in me, he's talking to me. But then there are the suddenlies when there's a word or vision, picture comes through and bring something from heaven. And I was kind of pondering, how, how do you kind of illustrate that? And I was reminded, um, the Wallies came on holiday with us to Finland in the summer. 
and we, we went to, as, as, you, as you do tourist things, um, we went and visited a church that is one of the most famous things to go and see in Helsinki. It's called the Rock Church. And it's tunneled into this amazing granite rock. And it's got these most incredible rock walls all around and with this big copper dome. And it's got windows all around that let light in. And it is an incredible building. But it used to be my granny's home church. So I used to go there from a very young girl. And it wasn't, it was just a church. It's an amazing building. But to me, it didn't have the wow factor that it did for David Lynn especially, if you, if you ask her from her experience in the rock church, she'll be raptures telling you, because there was this lady playing a very traditional Finnish instrument in the background, and it was full of tourists, but there was such a presence in the place. Um, but at the same time, it was a very ordinary place. And that's when we're talking about God coming and meeting, there is a very ordinary side that he loves to talk to us every, every day every moment. But then there is the extraordinary side that is actually this wow moment. So it, it's still, he's still communicating. It was still the same building. But it was the same time, it was the church I'd gone to with my cranny ever since I was a little girl. And it was this amazing architectural piece of wonder that people come and see. So we are talking about the amazing architectural pieces of wonder this morning. And I've picked on a couple of examples, I think there were there was so many moments or so many encounters that I could have chosen. Um, but I spoke with Peter earlier and I said I'm going with one of my favorite passages. Um, where's this act? 12, when Peter was released from prison through the angel. And I was showing my age here, but my mum used to have the whole Bible on cassette tapes. Um, and she used to play it on the background. And as we got older, we learned to use the, it was one of these towers, kind of you had the rec record player, you had the tape player, you had the CD player, because we kind of moved on with times a little bit. So it was this massive piece of furniture in the corner. And once we learned to use the buttons, um, we could change what we listened to. So rather than listening systematically through the New Testament, like my mother was doing, I used to listen to Acts 12. Going with my geekiness theme here, but it, it was my all-time favorite passage. Um, why not? you got a guy in prison, he's about to be killed, Herod has just chopped off somebody else's head, and Peter was the next one on the list, and he's thrown into prison, the church is in panic, I think it was James who'd been, oh, I can't remember who he was killed before. But they were kind of, oh, Peter's in prison, he's the guy, and now he's going to be killed. So they're praying in panic. Peter's in prison, sleeping. And between two guards, he's in two chains, and there's sentries on the door. And then an angel turns up, and light appears, and Peter sleeps. So the angel notches him, tells him, get up, get dressed, and get out. And out they walk, the chains fall off, they walk through the sentries, they walk through the prison, they walk a whole length of the street, and then the angel disappears. And at that moment, Peter realizes, oh, this is happening. This is not a vision, this is not a dream. I'm actually walking free on the street. 
And then he, he actually says he comes to his senses um, and he goes to Mary's house where all the believers were praying and knocks on the door. And the little servant girl, who's interestingly, she's been named um, in the story, opens, doesn't even open the door, hears Peter's voice, runs back to the believers who are praying, saying, Peter's at the door. And they're going, no, it's this angel. Um, and Peter keeps knocking, and then they realize, it's Peter, it's Peter, he's being released. Um, and then the chapter ends with Herod being eaten by worms. What's not to love? <laughs> so I used to listen to that over and over again. Um, but to me, that's just it's such a pivotal moment in a church's history. It's a bit funny word to use. But the life of the early church, it was, they'd had, Stephen had been killed earlier, but then, I'm quite sure it was James, was that he was one of the leaders who'd been killed. So they were in a time of testing, they were in a time where everything, it was kind of, it didn't look good for them. And they're praying. And God sends an angel. And to me, there was such a, Release. There was a breakthrough that came through, through the angel. And for me, the way God communicates to us, and in these kind of the big, big moments, there is an opportunity for us to step into breakthrough. And for the early church, that that was a moment of breakthrough. They've been praying, but you almost get the sense that they didn't really know what they were praying, and because there hadn't been an angel before releasing. Um, person from prison, I think uh, Peter and Silas, they'd been worshipped, no that was later, wasn't it, Paul and Silas worshipped and the chains fell off. Um, but this time the church was praying and they kind of, I, I love the fact that they kind of, the angel came, the breakthrough had happened and they were still kind of, no, no, it can't be Peter, it must be his angel. But it was Peter. Um, and I almost thing that it makes me always wonder is how normal was it for them to see angels? To think that the voice that sounded like Peter's voice wasn't Peter, but it was his angel. Because to me, if I heard David's voice, I wouldn't think, oh, it's his angel. I would think it's David. Um, and there's something about the reality that the early church had. And I think that there was a cultural side as well. They were much more attuned to what Holy Spirit was doing, what God was doing. They were, I think we love to rationalize things and kind of make things logical. Whereas from one of the things that we learn from Acts when we read it is actually, it's the encounter moments where God breaks through are far more powerful than our recent logic and that's the, what's the Mark Verkler line, Peter? Our reasoned, it's better to trust our, the still small voice than our recent logic or something on those lines, isn't it? Yeah? yeah? <laughs> After all these years, I've nearly got it. Next time I know word to word. But it's an encouragement, it's an invitation to us to trust his voice and not to try to logic ourselves out of it. Um, 
And Peter, again, he had this encounter with Cornelius. So I mentioned the last time. So Cornelius had a vision, or angel appeared in a vision, said, go and get Peter. And Peter has the vision where the meat is lowered from heaven. And Peter is arguing with God, I can't eat that. It's unclean and whatever. But then there's a moment where Peter kind of comes out of the vision and he's pondering what was the meaning of it. Um, and I, 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 love, I love it that he didn't actually, he had this vision from God and he didn't have the meaning straight away. I, kind of, I always have the kind of, my expectation is I have a picture, I have a vision and then I straight away know what it means whereas actually God is inviting us to ponder and seek the meaning and there is a kind of two-way interaction with God that is not is not as he gives you a picture and off you go and do what he says you to do there is an in kind of he's inviting you to be part of it so Peter was pondering what did this mean and then Holy Spirit came and said there will be men knocking on your door go with them so there was an invitation to Peter but then there was also a step of obedience that he had to actually go like Alan talked about walking it out last week it's very easy to kind of say to God I want the picture I want the vision I want to encounter but actually then to start to step it out be obedient in what God is calling you to partner with him that's the hard part but with Cornelius and Peter the obedience led to breakthrough and the breakthrough is why we are here it was Gentile believers. And if Peter and Cornelius hadn't been obedient, it could have taken much longer. But both of them, they were open. Cornelius got the vision at the hour of prayer. So he was actually actively engaging with God and God gave him a vision. So there is, I think that's the beauty of Acts. There is, kind of, there is no one formula. We, we can't find a formula. We just need to be connected to God and be open to him. Because you have one hand, you have Cornelius. On the hour of prayer, God gave him a vision. On the other hand, you have Saul trotting on his pony on the way to kill Christians. And he's encountered with the presence of God. So you can't say every time you pray, God will meet you. Or every time when you're on your pony, God will meet you. But I think with both of them, there is, a, there is a heart issue. As long as your heart is open, it doesn't matter where you are. God can break through to you. And I love it when Saul had his encounter. He heard words, but the men who were with, with him only heard sound. So you can have two people in the same location having different experience. The God is still the same. But the way we receive the message can be different. And I guess in this case it was meant for Saul rather than the two guys who were with him. So I think it was probably a testing point for Saul because if the other two guys had heard the voice as well, it would have been quite straightforward. Kind of, They would have said, oh, Saul, you need to kind of listen to God. Whereas they just heard a sound. It could have been anything. It could have been thunder. It could have been whatever. And for three days, he lost his sight. He didn't eat. He didn't drink. And then you have Ananias, not the one who was dodgy with money, because he was dead by this point. 
Um, but the good, good Ananias. And God appeared to him in a vision. Her angel appeared to him in a vision and said, Ananias, I want you to go and see Saul. He's in this and this house on this and this street. Go lay your hands on him. And I love Ananias' response. He was kind of, oh, but he's the one who kills Christians. I can't do that. And then God reasoned with him, and Ananias chose to be obedient and went. And to me, encounters, they're always an invitation to dialogue. God says something to you. He wants you to talk back to him. He wants Ananias engaged with God. This is what you said, but actually, I'm fearful. What if he kills me? And out of that communication, heaven was able to break through. Ananias' fear was cast out. He was filled with boldness or peace of God or both. And he went and saw Saul and laid his hands on Saul's eyes and Saul was able to see again. And the thing I find fascinating with that is Saul received his sight in the natural, but at the same moment, something happened in the spiritual. And there's so often, there's things that happen in the natural, there's reflection in the spiritual. And like vice versa, in this case, sometimes things happen in the spiritual, that there's a reflection in the natural. Forgiveness is a powerful example of that. Because that's a, it's a physical act of saying, I'm sorry, but it releases something in the spiritual, but there's so many testimonies of people getting healed from physical sicknesses after they've forgiven themselves. Well, you had your back, didn't you? Do you want to come and share? Oh, I'll be sidetracking. <laughs> yeah, so I've had a... This is loud. Um, my back hurt since I was 18, and I always blamed myself, and I actually came to um, one of the healing... Um, healing rooms one Saturday morning and um, and I was actually taking part as people as you know as helping out but um, we were praying together beforehand and God just met me and he just told me that um, my back problems was not my fault it, you know and it just broke something off me that I'd carried for 18 years um, just thinking that I just abused my back um, as a young man as a 17 18 year old and it and it just it just that moment lifted and it hasn't been a hasn't really been a f uh, like a my back still aches but I now train um, and my back doesn't hurt and I still do all the stuff that I do um, but now I've just I used to have this kind of panic in, in, my, in, my, in my head that I'd hurt my back, it's going to be a week until it, it, it kind of fixes itself. And, and just, I guess as I've trained more and more and more and I've had more input from people around me saying, your back's getting stronger, you're getting stronger, you're recovering quicker. And, and now I just don't have that, um, which is dangerous in one way because I just go hell for leather. And if it hurts, I just stretch it a little bit. But, you know, my testimony is that it was God came and met my heart. He healed my heart of that issue that I thought it was my fault and that I could never, I would never get fixed. Um, so. So. Spiritual reflects into natural. 
and natural reflects in the spiritual. And it was the same with Stephen and the crowd when Stephen saw the heaven open. And out of that, he released heaven, he released forgiveness into the people around him. And Saul was one of the people who was in the crowd that received the forgiveness. And it's very, every single encounter you look at in the Acts and throughout the whole Bible, there is always an opportunity to release heaven into the situation you're going through. With Ananias, he was fearful of what if I get killed, but he was faithful and chose to act out of the word that God had given him, and he brought heaven down to earth, and out of that, Saul became Paul, and the rest is history. But it started with very single, simple communication. God, I can't do that. He'll kill me. And then God responded. Ananias chose to align himself with what God was saying and step out. His fear was replaced with the plan that God had and it released heaven. I guess I've been involved in the so-so ministry for a long time now. But it's amazingly simple. That it's forgiveness. It brings such a freedom to people. And you're releasing heaven's plan into people's life just through simple steps of going through forgiveness and same with keys to freedom is very very simple but it's bringing heaven's plan into each one of our lives and as we bring it to our lives then we can start to release it to other people's lives And I think for me, because there's so many amazing stories of angels coming, dreams, visions, enacts, that I can't, I just keep banging on about them, don't I? I can't really do justice to them all. I think the best thing I can do is to encourage, to scale read acts. It's not a big book, and it's fun to read. Trust me, I'm a geek and I love reading, so I'm definitely the person to listen to. But there's so many testimonies of God meeting people in their time of need. Time and time again they're in prison. God comes and meets them. Brings breakthrough, brings freedom. You have um, Paul in Acts 18. He's in Corinth and there's an uprising and people are choosing getting unhappy. And he's thinking of leaving. And again, God comes to him in a vision and just trust me stay here and he stays another year and a half because of that encounter of God saying trust me stay here he aligned himself and had favor to stay there in safety for another year and a half and to me the early church they valued revelation from God so much because if you think back to Peter after he went to see Cornelius and kind of the other apostles were getting upset because he'd not only ate with somebody who wasn't Jew, he stayed in their house. 
And he prayed for them and they got Holy Spirit. Or he didn't even pray, he was speaking and the Holy Spirit came. So when he got back to Jerusalem, they were kind of, or oh, give us accounts of what happened, kind of, this is not on. And what did Peter do? He could have quoted an awful lot of scripture from the Old Testament where it talks about salvation not only being for Jews, but for the whole world. But what he did, he shared the encounter. He said, a few days ago, I was praying and this happened. And there was this man, Cornelius, and he had encounter from God as well. He didn't try to reason with the apostles. He shared the encounter he had had and that Cornelius had had. And then the breakthrough of the Holy Spirit that had come through the obedience of following through God's plan. And I think as a church, we're not always good at valuing the revelation. And <laughs> there's a slight, slight hesitancy here because I think, on the other hand, I think we have over tendency to confuse when God gives us personal pictures. We have a tendency to confuse and kind of share them, thinking they're for everybody. Um, so, it's probably one of my hobby horses, not that I have many of them. Um, but I think because, like I said in the beginning, God loves to communicate with us all the time. His Holy Spirit is in us all the time. So, it's not very surprising that he's talking to us all the time. But I think what we need to tune ourselves into is, is this word, is this picture, just God talking to me? Or is it for everybody else? And I think we have tendency to overshare the personal thinking there for everybody else. So that's my one side of the coin. But then on the other side of the coin, I think when those breakthrough words, invitations from God come, we're not very good at valuing them. Probably partly because there's been such an overflow of words that were good, words that were from God words that weren't the extraordinary, wow, this is amazing moments. They were just everyday moments. So hear me out. I want you to keep sharing because I, we love to hear what God is saying to you. But I guess I'm challenging us as a church of how do we position ourselves so that when those amazing breakthrough words, invitations from God for expansion into dialogue, into something bigger, come how do we respond in the right way? And don't just kick into reasoning. And the other side is that sometimes there are the situations where there are only supernatural solutions. And that's where the God encounter is so important that we need to remain open and be willing to receive it. I realized, actually, that's God. Because Peter in prison, in the natural, there was no way out for him. His head was next on the plate. But God broke through. He sent an angel. And that's where the challenge to each one of us comes individually. The it's so important to keep our daily communion with God so that we know when it's the boom, boom moment 
that, that, that's it. And the way I was thinking about it is, is because he's our father, he's our daddy, he loves to talk to us. And kind of how I thought about it is just like when I communicate with my kids, the very everyday things like put your coats on, put your shoes on, pick up the plates, take it to the dishwasher. There's everyday things that you kind of almost do automatically. So there's similar things that God says to us automatically. He loves us and he just loves to share his heart. And there's things that he just keeps saying to us because that's what he does. But then there are the extraordinary moments, the special moments that our kids need to be more instruction. So Henrik recently, he went to help in the food bank collection before Christmas. And it was the first time it allowed him to cycle on his own from our house to Sainsbury's. which is about a mile, so it's, it's not far, but it's on quite a big road. So we spent good five minutes before he left, going through what route are you going to take, what do you do, and he was kind of, I can do it, Mom. But we took the time of making sure he knew what was the safe thing to do. And off he went. And then Jackie sent a text saying he'd arrived safely. But then the next time when he did it, it was just a case of reminding, do you remember when you did it last time? Take the same route again. So there's, there's occasions when we're doing something for the first time and God really wants to break through into that and bring his, his plan, bring us into alignment of what he's got for us. Um, another thing, though, sometimes we just need extra encouragement and that's when God sends, sends us a big, big encounter with him. It's not that every day, I love you, you're my daughter, doesn't do, but sometimes you do just need something a bit more. And it's, it's the same with, the, with our kids. If there's a first day of new school or something, you do encourage them or you do speak to them differently than just a normal everyday thing. And then there's the third category of special moments, which is when you really want their attention. Um, because sometimes they just don't hear the everyday. And I think we're the same with God sometimes. We're kind of happily pootling on long in our life and God has been saying something for a long time and we just haven't got it. So all the bells and whistles come out and get our attention. And with the kids it's the same. We get, we get dinner bell. I, I don't normally, it's not my first step, but when food is ready, I'd normally call everybody for dinner. And if nothing happens, the bell comes out. And then usually everybody appears very, very quickly. And it's the same with God sometimes. He's probably said, maybe it's time to move on to the next thing. I always just haven't, we've heard, but it's kind of, you know, sometimes you hear and it doesn't really sink in. I think sometimes we do that with God as well. So that's when the bells and whistles come out. So, go home, read Acts, because there's so many amazing stories. But just, 
just to remember that God absolutely loves you. He loves to talk to you. He loves to communicate with you. And he wants to encounter you because he wants to bring breakthrough into your life. He wants to bring your life into alignment with the plans of heaven. And when he does his amazing wow words from heaven for us corporately, corporately, it's our responsibility to respond and be obedient. And it's quite an kind of slightly scary but exciting, I think, at the same time. Because we are definitely transitioning in the next season as a church. Um, we had quite a few words about it. But it's a challenge for us. Is how do we stay tuned into his plan? What does he want to align us to? And what are the breakthroughs he wants to bring brings to us at church? Because we might have plans in our minds. Whereas actually, he has plans. And if there's one thing that you learn from reading Acts, very rarely is it one individual. It's usually people together, an encounter happens. Peter was in prison, the church was praying, an encounter happened. Cornelius was praying, Peter was hungry, encounter happened. There were two people. So time and time again, when you look through Acts, when you look through the big moments, when there was vision, when there was angel, angelic visitation, it was more than one person. There was a togetherness that the church together brought about the breakthrough. was at the beginning and what she said and I just felt like there's something on God's heart this morning for it and it was it was about the breakthroughs and I, sorry I just feel God's there's something on the breakthroughs this morning that heaven wants to release a breakthrough um, and I I guess for me, that there's something that, you know, your spirit is so entwined in your body. And Jesus is so entwined in that spirit. And the Holy Spirit is just so entwined. And, and it was, there's just something there for breakthrough this morning. And, and I don't even know what it is. And sometimes when God comes and meets you, and we, we talk about these, we have these buzzwords. And breakthroughs like one of these buzzwords in the church. And we don't really know what it is. And we don't really know what God is doing. But he's breaking through. And sometimes, if, sometimes he just comes and meets you. And, and what I, I guess what I sense is there's something so deep inside our spirits that he's just wanting to unlock and, 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 yeah, and I just, and even if you don't know what, what that is, there's just something there. There's like this call inside your spirit, and it's been there since the beginning of time, that, that, that God has put something inside your spirit, and he's just, he's just wants to release that. And I just, yeah, I just felt that. Well, all right. <laughs> yes, to pray, but I think we all should pray. I think we all should uh, stir up our spirits 
um, to bring about this breakthrough, as, as Lara has said, you know, is when we all stand together. Whoa! And just so, can we just stand to start praying in the spirit and just see where God goes? Yeah, Holy Spirit, just come. We just, we just give you permission just to come and walk amongst us. Father, would you just release your Holy Spirit this morning? Would you just release your Holy Spirit on all of us? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Just more of you, Holy Spirit. Would you come? Would you stir our spirits? Stir that deep course to deep, Holy Spirit. Would you just stir our spirits? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We call on your name, Jesus. We call on your name, Jesus. Would you come? Would you come and stir our spirits? Would you stir us for your work? Would you release your plans from deep within our spirit? Holy Spirit, come. Come. It is your heart, Father, to release your plans, release your spirit. And we just pray for breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. We'd release your breakthrough. We release your breakthrough. Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Jesus, come, come, come. Whoa. Just as um, just as uh, the worship band were sp- um, uh, worshiping this morning with this um, um, prison and uh, and breaking through and breaking the chains off, I just feel there's people here that are in prison. Inside, you're in prison. Just like in line with what uh, David has just said um, about the breakthrough, that there are people who are in prison inside, and it's to do with um, the past and forgiveness. And yesterday at the As One conference, I was talking about endings, and endings are so important. To begin the new, you have to get rid of the end and say, kiss it goodbye, just kiss it goodbye. But I really feel this morning, in line with what David said, there are people in prison, and there are people that are, are not free, and God wants to break through extraordinarily this morning. So if that's you, just come forward, please, just come forward, and we'll pray for you to get free come before God not us we we are just the vehicle he's using just come before him and he will set you free